0: We've all been there, justifying our creative job to mum and dad, explaining what our job is to grandad, brushing off jokes about freelancing from our mate who works in finance. But times are changing and the value of creativity is being recognised. The creative industries are the fastest growing part of the UK economy and the least likely jobs to be taken over by robots. I'm Kayleigh Macleod, and this is Get A Proper Job, where I'll be talking about the issues that matter.
1: Kids are naturally creative. We need to make sure, I think, that education is harnessing that instinct for creativity and the desire to learn in creative ways.
0: Today, we're talking expressive arts in the New Welsh Curriculum with Catherine Lewis and Alex Rees. Hello and welcome. In today's episode we'll be exploring the new Welsh curriculum with a focus on the expressive arts. What will this mean for creative workers and how will it impact the future world of work? In 2022 a new Welsh curriculum for young people aged 3 to 16 will be rolled out in schools all across the country. The new Welsh curriculum offers six areas of learning and experience. One of these areas is expressive arts. And today, we're joined by two guests who can share their experience and knowledge in this area. Catherine Lewis works at the Central South Education Consortium, as strategic lead for curriculum reform and expressive arts. Catherine was one of the curriculum pioneers of the expressive arts area of learning and experience. Also joining us is Alex Rees, an experienced music technologist, composer and sound designer. He's an Arts Council creative agent and host of the Creative Learning Podcast. Welcome both.
1: Thank you very much, Thank Kate. You.
0: As we're recording remotely today due to COVID-19 restrictions, can you start by telling our listeners where you are currently? Maybe what you can see around you and any sounds that we might hear during our chat. I'm going to apologize in advance for any seagull squawking that you might hear at my end. Alex, where are you today?
1: I'm at home in Morganstown, Cardiff. Uh, It's reasonably quiet. I do have the windows open, but I'm not expecting any Amazon deliveries or anything.
2: Great. And what about you, Kat? Yeah, I'm at home in St. Bride's Major. I have got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old who are running around somewhere with Nerf guns, but I've I've locked them out and it's very, very warm in this little office. (laughs) So um, the only sound you might have is is a a faint hum of a, a fan in the background.
0: Or maybe the noise of an Nerf gun. We're not sure. Indeed,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> Those are some great descriptions. Thank you. Um, so now we'll just move straight on to to the curriculum. Kath, could you tell us a little bit more about your background and how you came to be in the job that you're
2: in now? Um, yeah, no problem. So I began life very early on as a, I suppose, as a creative. Um, I I showed a, an interest in music um, from a young age, so it was the typical. Child who learned to play any instrument she could. Um, so I went and did a degree in the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama for a music degree as a harpist. And, and following that degree, um, I worked as a freelance musician. I was never ever going to teach ever. Um, I was a performer and um, I had absolutely no interest ever in teaching. Uh, but uh, I think it was during my third year of freelance, uh, a friend of mine who herself was a head of music. In secondary school, suggested that I really should consider doing a PGCE and uh, do my teacher training qualification, so that perhaps I could at least do some supply teaching when freelance work was was a bit slow or, or dry. Uh, but for me, the moment I started that that qualification, I just loved it, um, and I think perhaps I. I had my eyes open to a music education that that I didn't necessarily have myself, but one that was exciting and interesting and broad. Um, And so from the moment I I qualified as a a new teacher, I I remained then in the profession as a, a music teacher, head of music, head of expressive arts. And then just a year ago, Um, After 16 years in the classroom, I came and joined the Central South Consortium the School Improvement Service for the five local authorities in the Central South region, which is Merthyr, Tidville, Bridgend, Rondakin and Tuff, Vail of Glamorgan, and Cardiff. Um, So, yeah, I lead for them on expressive arts and also at the moment I'm leading on the curriculum reform. So it's quite varied and really interesting at the moment. It's great to hear such a a passion from you as well, both, you know, throughout your career and and what you're doing now. Mm, I think people either become a teacher because they want to emulate the teachers they had and and they, you know, who were perhaps their heroes and they want to be able to give something back themselves or perhaps, you know, they didn't have that exciting broad uh, curriculum themselves so they feel that they want to be able to provide that for children and that's definitely something I've I've had as a passion and as an interest for all of those 16 years and now uh, further in my current role. You're continuing to make that difference? Hopefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alex can you tell us what you do as a creative and why did you become an arts practitioner? What's your sort of experience of, of working in education as well?
1: Sure. Well, very briefly, the origin of it is quite a strange story. I was working in um, office jobs when I was in my 20s, not enjoying myself at all, to be honest. And one day I dropped a huge computer on my big toe. Uh, It was a big (laughs) server, like old-fashioned tower unit, got a compound fracture and got compensation. And that compensation paid for me to go back to university and do a master's in music technology. So I'd had a complete change, very unexpected. And uh, just ended up going back to do music, which I always loved. I always loved music technology in particular. Did that, didn't know what I was going to do. And just kind of after that, I was sort of drawn into some school songwriting campaigns that were going on at the time. There's a lot of funding for that kind of thing at the time. And just kind of wandered into it that way. And it developed from there. So it's always been music, music technology, recording, production, and sort of a million different uses for that often With uh, children who may face more obstacles than most, for example, um, but also in mainstream schools. So, anything to do with recording, it could be the voice, it could be speech, or it could be musical. Um, I I sort of cater for that. And and from that, I kind of found the Lead Creative School Scheme, which was like another step of evolution from that over the last five years, becoming an agent as well as a practitioner and organizing some of those projects. And um, that's been a very eye opening experience. And it's fascinating to hear where the new curriculum is going to take education, I think, after this whole process is done.
0: That's just such a great story of how you got into to music mm. technology. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about the Lead Creative Schools scheme that you mentioned there for anyone that doesn't know about it?
1: Sure. So it was one of the key building blocks of the Creative Learning Through the Arts plan, which was published in uh, 2015, in response to the Donaldson Report, uh, which was a consultation about education. And the recommendations were coming up and being acknowledged that something that should be crucial really in education is creativity. You know, sometimes it can be sidelined, but kids are naturally creative. All young people are naturally creative. And we need to make sure, I think, that education is harnessing that instinct for creativity and the desire to learn in creative ways. And certainly it resonated with me the way I've seen, for example, you know, people's in a referral unit who suffer from anxiety as a result of their very difficult backgrounds and can't learn geography because they're operating on a different level but if you can engage them creatively you can find a way to kind of circumvent those obstacles maybe temporarily but make a connection get them invested in something give them ownership of something and when I started to see the real power of that I suddenly you know really contextualized for me that the arts isn't just a pastime it's not just something fun and nice to do all of the arts that you can think of have something very uh, human uh, that can connect with young people and really kind of bring them down to earth and give them something to to follow and, and and focus on so to bring that into education makes total sense so this uh, lead creative school scheme is a way of experimenting with that so across across Wales schools would apply to get on the scheme and if successful they would get someone like me an agent maybe to go in help them organize a project to say address for example literacy in early years uh, coming into school where you've got an issue because maybe they spend a little bit too much time on their iPads at home, so they're coming in and they not. They can't rhyme. They don't know what Twinkle Twinkle Little Star even is in some areas. So in that situation, we got a rapper in, a female rapper, wonderful rapper called Rufus Mufasa, who is quite well-known around Cardiff, and she was the practitioner for that one, and she got them beatboxing and rapping and doing poetry and art and everything. It was just a giant, colourful immersive experience in words and language and they just loved it you know they were playing games with language and there's a lot of experience of of that kind of thing across the scheme making learning fun engaging challenging you know putting you out there and building confidence and and all, all that kind of thing there's a million examples I could go through
0: That really sounds like a lesson that I would have loved to be a part of as a kid. (laughs) Kath, for those who don't know much about the the new curriculum in Wales, in particular, the expressive arts area of learning and experience, can you give us a, a quick overview of why and how it came about? And I guess it would also be great to hear your involvement with with developing it in the past year.
2: Well, luckily, Alex has already laid the foundations in, in mentioning the Donaldson review that was published in 2015. Uh, so Professor Donaldson had been commissioned by Welsh Government to review education in Wales. And he did that with a team and then published a review. Um, and all of the recommendations that he gave within his review were accepted uh, in full by the Welsh Government um, and then began the process of co-constructing then the, the Curriculum for Wales framework. Um, Wales have been very innovative and, and creative in their approach to this development of the new curriculum um, and so they decided that they didn't want it to be a curriculum done to teachers, it was going to be done with teachers, you know, curriculum for, uh, for teachers designed by teachers. So the Pioneer Schools system was created, so school were invited to apply to become pioneer schools so they would then be nominated across a specific area subject area or a discipline and they would feed into national groups then that would develop in each area of learning and experience so the curriculum is vast there's of course many cross-cutting themes and the pinning um, elements but central you have um, six areas of learning and experience so previously you know we've all perhaps had the education where we had a timetable and we went to history we went to geography and music and drama those those subjects still exist but now we're seeing these sort of faculties these areas so for expressive arts we've got the five disciplines within expressive arts uh, which are art music drama dance film uh, and media and so what's exciting about about that is that from the ages of three to 16 there is a, a learning continuum and children and young people should be exposed to and have experiences um, in each of those disciplines right across the the continuum from age three right through so presently you know in primary schools um, because it's been a very squeezed curriculum because we've been content focused with our previous national curriculum and and they've had to get through a lot of stuff maybe on a Friday afternoon they could Be creative and get the art equipment out, or they they'd sing in in the hall or whatever. But but now from the age of three, children have got an entitlement to learning within and across each of those disciplines within the expressive arts. There is no suggestion that any one area of learning has uh, more significance or importance than any other. So you know even though we we as practitioners we have the cross curricular responsibilities of literacy, numeracy, and digital competence. So it doesn't matter if I'm a teacher of music of geography of maths there are shared responsibilities but then we also have these areas of learning and experience um, and within those areas we should be then exploring uh, more integrated approaches to learning so that doesn't mean we have to integrate every piece of learning but it means we need to start looking across the curriculum looking at that whole curriculum that, that a child or young person experiences and try and make more connections so that that our young people aren't just experiencing these silos of separate little entities of subject knowledge or facts um, that they don't often transfer into other contexts or, or areas of their lives. The most exciting, I suppose, as well as the areas of learning experience, are that we now have a purpose-led curriculum. So, our previous curriculum and and the curriculum in England and many countries across the world are content focused. So, the national curriculum prescribes the level of content, of knowledge, and and skills that that have to be taught. But with a purpose-led curriculum, actually, we have these four purposes that are defined within Professor Donaldson's initial review and now within our framework. They should be driving all decisions made a school's curriculum is everything a learner experiences in pursuit of these four purposes so it changes from not what we teach but it's the how and the why we teach and for Wales to have had the opportunity to consider how and why is is really exciting and um, anybody who's been involved in it and I know lots of the creative industries and stakeholders within the art sector who I've engaged with have been really excited by that about coming back to what matters and how and why should should we teach these things it sounds like there's a huge amount of of possibilities there and and fantastic
0: that that Wales is leading the way how would you see um,
2: expressive arts being embedded kind of day-to-day for for children the key thing with curriculum for Wales that's different from previous curricula is that the curriculum doesn't stipulate any timetabling or any of those sort of um, content choices to schools that's for for schools to make uh, dependent on their own context dependent on their staffing and so schools communities governing bodies or their wider stakeholders they're going to be creating their own bespoke curricula that align to the overarching high level elements of the the framework so the way an area of learning experience is going to look will vary considerably now you could argue that despite a lot of content being consistent currently with our national curriculum across Wales, the way that it's presented, the way that it's taught, the pedagogy that teachers use may vary under our current uh, very prescriptive curriculum. But within the expressive arts, there's a lot of debate at the moment about the level of integration we should be applying and and how blended we go in in our approach. So some schools, some departments are maintaining a discipline-specific approach. So they're saying, well, you know, I'm a teacher of music. That's my specialism. I'm still a teacher of music. I'm going to make connections to the other four disciplines, but, you know, children will come to my classroom and they will predominantly receive a music lesson and they'll go to the art teacher and there may be a link through a theme or through um, set skills or knowledge but predominantly they're, they're with specialists but we've got many examples of other schools who are choosing an integrated or an interdisciplinary approach where they're saying well you come to me and I am your teacher of expressive arts and I'm going to be integrating all of those five disciplines into my lessons um so at the moment it's very much a case of we've been at the central side consortium encouraging our practitioners in schools just to engage with the framework not to be worried about planning and delivering the new curriculum yet but just if you engage with that framework read what it says on hub engage with some of the professional learning that's out there through ourselves and other companies and organizations and then really start to think about what your vision is for the expressive arts within your school and of course that doesn't mean the vision of the head of expressive arts or the music teacher. It really is a collaborative vision from the community, from your wider stakeholders. What do you feel in your context, expressive arts should embody and how should it look? Um, And So there's lots of implications there. Uh, Some people maybe like myself who've come through as a music specialist, see that I've got the greatest um, perhaps amount to give within my subject area because that's, that's where I've got a, a large amount of, breadth and depth but there are many other cross-disciplinary practitioners who are really excited by the opportunity to be able to deliver that new kind of approach Um, so at this stage we we're seeing schools trialing very many different things and just meeting a lot with their practitioners and saying okay what do you feel comfortable with how many blurred boundaries can we push here so you know some schools there may be a practitioner who says I can't engage with delivering a music lesson I'm an art teacher. I I just can't do that. That's all you. Whereas in other schools, they're saying, well, you know what? Yeah, actually, I'd love to have a go at at teaching a little bit of art, a little bit of drama and media as well. And this to, to practitioners sounds like, well, yeah, of course, it's obvious, isn't it, that we would work in a multidisciplinary uh, way. But schools have remained very, very much um, as they did, you know, a hundred years or so ago in these particularly secondary. So this is a big shift for a lot of practitioners. And the thing that we try and say is that it's baby steps and, you know, you can just take little steps if you're nervous about these changes that you just look at the framework and see w- what the implications are for you as a music teacher or an art teacher, or a digital media teacher, and then start talking with the other colleagues about how you can bring that, that vision into more integrated and then to adapt the teaching and learning that sits within that vision then. I mean, that's something at Creative
0: Cardiff, you know, we're hugely supportive of interdisciplinary um, connections and collaborations. So that is fantastic to hear. I mean, Alex, as a creative, what do you think of the, the benefits of embedding expressive arts into the curriculum in this way? And, you know, what Kath was just explaining there, does that sort of excite you and inspire you?
1: It certainly does. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic to hear uh, in particular, well, there's a sort of experimental vibe to the whole thing, which I think is, which I love, you know, and allowing a bit of time to do it and and the flexibility, uh, like you say, it'd be be a different setup in different schools and they'll work that out themselves. And that's that's key, I think, you know, rather than trying to be prescriptive and allowing the the uncertainty for it to to take a bit of time to find what shape it's going to be. And, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see, but the fact that it's given that space to find itself, I think is, is really encouraging to me. And obviously from my point of view, as I say, you know, the the effect of the arts and and creativity has been, I've seen it so many times. Um, I mean, one interesting thing that I've learned throughout the whole, lead creative schools thing, I suppose, is um, about the definition of creativity and, and what that actually means. I mean, because quite often you could say, like, we might go into a school and start speaking to teachers and teachers, some teachers might say, oh, I'm not creative. You know, I, I gave up music when I was in, you know, eight or something and, and I don't do anything like that. But it's, it's kind of a, a misconception of what creativity actually is because creativity is more about a sort of state of mind, a way of thinking uh, and it may not even be arts related at all. Uh, I've seen examples of artists who have gone into the lead creative school scheme and they've just kind of, uh, to be honest, wanted to wheel out their standard thing that they do and not really respond to the school and what the school needed and what those kids needed, and what the teachers needed and, and maybe just sort of approached it in a quite formulaic way, which is not a very creative way of thinking. And so there was no capacity for that project to leave a legacy, to leave a toolkit for those teachers to to continue after the life of it. Whereas if you go in, sort of not really knowing what you want to do yet, but responding to what the situation is and finding, you know, doing that exploration, that's a much more creative way of thinking. And you know, you could get you could get an uncreative concert pianist, but you could have a creative businessman or a creative, I don't know, baker or anything. You know, people think creatively when they're engaging with collaboration, when they're sort of refining their techniques, they're being imaginative, they're being disciplined, um, they're reflecting critically on their their processes and all that kind of thing that's creativity so it's it's not just something that's glued to the arts although we can get it from the arts but it's nice to see if you I think if you embed the arts in that way and kind of mix things up in these interesting ways some of those habits of mind will kind of bleed through and kids will have a a sense of flexibility and you know we'll be good at collaborating I mean some of the projects we've done sort of big large scope projects like a newspaper project for example was was one example so you get some uh, journalists come in who are quite creative and work with a team of kids and the teachers to to do a a whole, a whole newspaper project and there's so much you can hit with that in terms of you know collaboration and team and imaginativeness but also you can hit a lot of educational attainment points with that as well and it's that joined up kind of project way of working some of those examples have really stuck with me so yeah to, to embrace that meaning of, of creativity and how it's like so crucial, really, to, to life, really, and especially in the sort of times that we live with digital technology changing so fast, and the recognition that a lot of the jobs that uh, the young people who are coming up through schools today, a lot of the jobs they'll end up doing don't even exist yet. We don't even know where they are. So, what do you need for that? You're going to need to be able to be flexible and imaginative and, and all those kind of things. So, that's what we need to be putting into our schools. So, so to see this recognized and really being acted upon is very exciting, and uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what comes out of it.
2: I think what you said is so true. You can have a very uncreative concert pianist. I I think most of my early musical education was massively lacking in creativity. You know, I was painting by numbers. I was turning a page and learning the music theory. And, you know, nobody said, right, shut the book, let's improvise, let's use a mode. But what's exciting about the Curriculum for Wales is that, you know, we've, we've got expressive arts as its own distinct, as an equal, one of six areas of learning experience. So, of course, children now and young people are gonna have equitable access to expressive arts disciplines, but also part of the integral skills across the whole curriculum are these four skills which are creativity and innovation problem solving personal effectiveness planning and organisation well they're crucial to the habits of mind to, to how us as creatives we work so they're underpinning the whole of the curriculum as well as then as having a, a bespoke area of the curriculum where we can learn about the arts for the sake of the arts yeah, um, which is also important of course distinction isn't it that mm. i'm sure you know we could talk a lot about alex about we we want to use creativity and the arts as a vehicle through which to perhaps improve our literacy skills, our numeracy or to spark a business idea whatever. But also there are times when Yeah, you know, the the body of knowledge and skills techniques within the arts disciplines are so incredible and fascinating and challenging and and that that we need time to also be able to acquire those as well. Um, And that's the balance I think we've really got within Curriculum for Wales.
1: Mm.
0: I think both those strands are so important, aren't they? So, you know, teaching creatively and teaching creative thinking and also, you know, encouraging young people to pursue a career in in the arts and in the creative industries. Um, Kath, can you tell us, you know, what does the new curriculum mean for existing creative workers? So people that are listening to our podcast now, are there more opportunities for them to engage with schools?
2: yeah i mean you know to sort of quote the the framework in developing their curriculum schools should involve learners parents carers partner agencies and the local community um there's there's a whole section on careers and work-related experiences so really um it says particularly in the expressive arts um, section that our area equips learners with the necessary skills to pursue careers within the creative and cultural industries well in order to to help our young people see that those careers exist of course we have to connect with the creative industries we have to collaborate with them part of the um, descriptions of learning that underpin some of the sort of content within our expressive arts curriculum we talk about um, visiting and connecting with local theatres and museums and so that entitlement ensuring that no matter where where you come from whatever the context of, of your school or local area is that you are engaged and have an opportunity to engage with Uh, creative industries you know we're very fortunate in wales it's the fastest growing industry i think 2.2 billion pounds spent last year you know we've got a welsh government group set up creative wales just for this um, so it really is about schools now opening doors but some of the work that we've done at the Central South Consortium is in engaging now with with the creative sector and saying okay you know let us help you learn the language of curriculum for Wales let us show you what the framework's about here are the constituent parts so that actually there's an in there so that when practitioners um, whether you're a large organization or you're a lone practitioner who works from a shed in your garden you're able to have access to schools, and that you can pick up the phone and, and speak to a head teacher, and you're able to talk this, that common language of the curriculum, um, and that language has changed. So, you're able to to perhaps tell that head teacher that you know the project that you have available is going to contribute to realizing the four purposes it is you know an innovation project so that we can help ensure that now we're we're partnering creative industries and and practitioners with schools working Um, together
0: yeah our listeners are be delighted to hear that and we'll put in the show notes different ways that they can find out more about the about the curriculum Alex you know what do you think this new curriculum will mean for the the future of the creative sector then you know Cass just outlined how creatives can get involved is it something that you can you can see a lot of creatives being interested in doing?
1: Um, I'm sure I mean it's, it's kind of an unknown at the moment, but it sounds very healthy. It sounds promising. And you would hope that there is that integration of um, the creative industries uh, going into schools, particularly as us practitioners. You know, I've watched um, these professional people who are earning a living, rapping, sculpting, coding, uh, being a storyteller, being a theater practitioner, uh, and a million other things that some I didn't even know existed, you know, going in <laughs> to schools and just blowing kids' minds and, and showing them, that they're using real life skills to go out and earn a living, being creative, and it actually does link up with what they're doing in school, which is, a, for, for many, might be a very different way of, of viewing that. Oh, pu- well,
0: it's so important, pupils.
1: isn't it? You know. um, so, so, fingers crossed, we look forward to it, um, but you know, I've had a blast on it so far, so hopefully that'll continue. <laughs>
2: And Alex, the, the good thing with that is also you're talking about blowing the kids' minds with, with what's there. It, it's the same as the, with the teachers, because sometimes, yeah. we, you know, as teachers, you've come through quite a narrow yes. education. You, you're not that aware of, of, of them, the creative industries, perhaps. So, so I think that's what's exciting as well, that the more um, you open your doors, the more breadth and depth you get as a practitioner yourself in, in school. Um, so, so there's a, a joint professional learning opportunity there, isn't exactly. it, when, when creative come into school because it really does influence that classroom pedagogy um, and enriches it.
1: And it's developed me so much as well.
2: Thank you so
0: much to both of you for the really comprehensive overview of what's happening in schools around creativity. We're almost out of time can you just quickly tell me what's the main impact you think the curriculum is going to have on the world of work especially for the creative industries?
2: You know hopefully we'll have um, young people who will have had uh, an arts education from an early age, not just a haphazard Friday afternoon sort of thing, but they will have actually had knowledge skills experiences techniques they'd have built up the language of the arts as well as then uh, building their creativity their innovation their confidence their resilience i mean the list is endless and those are the people that we want to work with in the future that that we we need to have in our future economy who can adapt and evolve so in my mind the curriculum for wales is certainly equipped to do that and it's just a case of making sure now that the practitioners and schools who are delivering the curriculum feel um, empowered, feel confident that they can give those opportunities to our young people. Because we certainly know, and I know that Alex knows through the Lead Creative Schools, and I know as an arts practitioner myself, that when you give children opportunities like this, they they rise to those and they grasp it. You know, not all children want to be a firefighter or a teacher or these traditional things, but when you actually open their eyes to the breadth of, of jobs. And and industries out there then um, that's super exciting for children and can really engage them in their education um, anything from you Alex
1: sure um, just that you know when young people find a meaningful connection with the arts in some way it's it's beneficial in so many ways and, and what I realized a lot of this drums down to is just well-being right at the heart of everything the foundation of learning really is well-being and if you've got that hearts and minds kind of engagement and the creativity and so on um you've got you're a bit more plugged into life you're a bit more aware of things and and perhaps healthier you know there's a, there's a mental health implication here which runs right through society i think so if we're able to to put this in now in the educational stage so people grow up with with those habits and they're just a bit more plugged in and a bit more healthy in that way uh, it could only be good for everything really
0: that's a a perfect place for us to finish up for today thank you Kath and thank you Alex for joining us pleasure yeah pleasure thanks and thanks to you all for listening if you enjoyed please rate and review it'll help other creatives to find us and we always want to know what you think so be sure to tag at creative cardiff in any comments on social media get a proper job is made by creative cardiff with and for the creative community
1: You've got a proper job.